This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, April 1st, 2011. I'm Caleb Brown. Federal spending is out of control, but if you think Tea Party-backed Republicans are getting tough, think again. Votes on spending cuts have routinely failed in this GOP-controlled House, and the prospects for cutting even a paltry $61 billion out of the federal budget may be wishful thinking. Tad DeHaven, budget analyst at the Cato Institute, comments. When it comes to spending cuts, why does compromise always mean less or fewer dollars cut? Well, I think what we're looking at right now is a political exercise. Uh, I think that it's human nature that you have one number and somebody else wants a different number, so you split the difference, or at least that's the assumption that uh, Democrats are operating under right now. Uh, It's an interesting dynamic because uh, John Boehner and the House leadership on the Republican side find themselves in sort of a bind. Uh, they realize that they were put into power by an electorate that was hungry for substantial spending cuts. At the same time, they don't want a government shutdown. They don't want to get blamed for it uh, from an unsympathetic media. And so they have to figure out a way. This would be Boehner. He has to try and figure out a way to make an agreement, make it a deal with Democrats without looking like a complete sellout. And so that's why we've gone from $60 billion. Now they're talking about $33 billion. But let's let's step away from the sixty-six billion and the thirty-three billion. Certainly, for uh, for most folks out there, that's a lot of money. But in terms of how much money the federal government spends, uh, that's like lint in Uncle Sam's pocket. Uh, we're scheduled to spend three point eight trillion dollars this year. We're scheduled to have a deficit of one point six trillion dollars. The interest on the debt alone is supposed to be $207 billion this year. And Republicans and Democrats have spent the last month or so arguing over $60 billion in cuts, and now we might get $33 billion in cuts. Uh, You know, I I would like the American people to look at this spectacle, to look at this three-ring circus in Washington, and ask themselves, why have we given these men and women control uh, over 25% of the economy. That's how much uh, money the federal government is now spending in terms of of GDP, 25%, one quarter. Uh, It's just not the finances, but the control over our lives. So I I would hope that folks step back, look at this nonsense, and and realize that uh, it's gone too far, that we need to decentralize to roll back the power and control that Washington politicians have over our lives. Uh, The government is is not some grand uh, altruistic master. It's made up of fallible uh, human beings. When you have actually put spending cuts before the U.S. House, when you put them up for a vote, they routinely fail. This House. Well, there's no doubt about it. In fact, when they offered amendments to the original H.R. 1, the continuing resolution, as passed in the House that would cut funding by $61 billion, there was uh, numerous, well, hundreds of amendments offered. Uh, and in, in particular, House conservatives offered an amendment to cut another $22 billion off of that. Well, Eric Cantor uh, and Kevin McCarthy from California, two other uh, members of the House Republican establishment, they voted against it. 
And so when you can't even get uh, your own so-called uh, you know, conservatives to go along with a little extra $22 billion in cuts, uh, you know, how are you going to get it to everybody else? I, I think something that hasn't been pointed out is that what we're looking at here is, is discretionary spending. And uh, we, we separate discretionary into the so-called non-defense and the defense. Now, Republicans intentionally left defense uh, off the table. They've focused it all on non-defense spending, uh, non-defense discretionary spending. And I think that's a strategic mistake. I don't understand how we're supposed to get or how they're supposed to get uh, support from Democrats on going after domestic programs and entitlements and such if uh, Republicans continue to treat every single dollar spent on uh, the military uh, – as, as sacrosanct, and that has to change. A point that Ed Crane likes to make a lot when uh, talking about Republicans and spending cuts, and uh, Senator Rand Paul has uh, also made this point in actual legislation, which is if you're going to cut programs, it's not enough to cut percentages from programs. You should be naming things that should be removed deleted wholesale from the federal government. Republicans that are serious about cutting government have to make the moral and philosophical case that we do not need these programs. It can't just be about dollars and cents. It can't just be a matter of, well, we don't we can't afford this program. We Otherwise, it'd be nice if we kept this program. The mentality should be that we're running a $1.6 trillion surplus this year. That should be the mentality. And so you have to make the uh, argument to the American people that we don't need this stuff. The assumption uh, in the media when they write about these budget cuts is they go and they find three or four anecdotes uh, about, you know, Mary Lou up in New York or, uh, you know, Joe Lunchbucket out in, in Kansas and a particular program is going to be cut. Uh, and, and the media operates on the assumption that this, these individuals have no other options. And I think it's important for those who, you know, policymakers that really want to cut to explain that it is not the ideal to have the federal government uh, running these programs to begin with. Uh, we should be looking to at least empower the states and local governments to reassume responsibility for the things that state and local governments traditionally ha uh, held domain over. Uh, but we should also be looking towards, you know, our neighbors and our families and our churches and our civic organizations. It is, you know, things such as welfare, and especially in an economic downturn uh, where people truly are in need. Uh, the federal government is a horribly inefficient, wasteful, mechanism uh, for helping those in need. And it also represents coercion. And I, I think that sometimes we lose sight of the fact that government is not charity. Government is force. Government is, is inherently uh, violence. And uh, I, I think we bring the best out uh, in ourselves and we bring the best out uh, in individuals in this country when we voluntarily uh, go out of our way to, to help people and not just rely on bureaucrats uh, and selfish politicians in Washington, D.C. Fiscal conservatives have championed a lot of what Paul Ryan has said. He will be coming out with his budget uh, uh, pretty soon, uh, which, you know, if, if history is any guide, typically involves a lot more uh, and a lot more dramatic spending cuts than either leadership in the Republican or Democratic parties are generally willing to consider. The good news is that, that Paul Ryan uh, has demonstrated a willingness to address the 800-pound gorilla in the room. 
uh, and that's the so-called entitlement programs, chiefly Medicare, Social Security, and, and Medicaid. Uh, so I would look for reforms uh, in this new budget from Ryan. I'm almost also interested to see if defense will be addressed. And again, I, I find it hard to imagine uh, that Republicans are going to get support from Democrats in, in tackling entitlements if Republicans aren't willing to, to put the sacred cow of uh, so-called national defense on, on the table. Uh, and I think, again, it, it comes down to explaining to the American people. It comes down to being honest. Uh, you know, with We almost shouldn't even call it national defense. It should be called military spending. Uh, you know, a great argument, and, and our scholars here at Cato make it time and time again. A lot of our so-called national defense is basically just foreign aid. We're basically subsidizing the welfare states of Europe. Uh, we're paying for the de, you know, defense of these countries in, in, in Asia. And when you ask people in polls which, which programs uh, you know, would you like to most get rid of, international aid is always at the top of, of folks' list. And so I think there's a, if, if the argument's frayed uh, in that uh, sense that, that a lot of our military spending is basically foreign aid, uh, I think we can get some cross-aisle uh, agreement on limiting it, uh, and hopefully we can get some bipartisan support on tackling entitlements. Tad DeHaven is a budget analyst at the Cato Institute. Read more of his work at Cato.org.